Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson uh, Glad to be back on here uh, this week Last week we had some technical difficulties That couldn't be helped on our end and Had to cancel the show and we're glad to be back this week. Um, got a couple guests coming on about 9:15. Brandy Spencer going to come on to talk about her product. We talked about it. I uh, mentioned it before. She's going to come on and talk to us about that. And uh, around 9:30, I think we got Miss Anne Marie Ellington will come on. She knows a lot about women's football, and we're going to let her come on here and tell us what uh, she's thinking of about and uh, a lot of things going on out here in the women's football world. Uh, one thing before I get in it too deep, I know two weeks ago uh, when I was talking, I was talking about the teams playing in Nashville and Titan Stadium. I'd made a mistake and said the Columbus Comets, it's it's not, it's the Columbus Vanguards. Uh, I didn't mean to get that confused. I just sort of got uh, wound up and said the wrong thing, so I do apologize for that if uh, I offended anybody on the on the comments. Uh, so still haven't heard from neither of those te- any of those teams about wanting to meet somewhere and play at a neutral site. Still hoping to hear from those, uh, see what they got. Uh, that's what I'm what I'm interested in. Um, this week in the NFL, I know we've got two teams left undefeated, that would be New England Patriots and the San Francisco 49ers. We still have four teams, I believe, winless. Be the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bengals, and the, uh, I believe, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody out there got to watch any of the um, Indianapolis Colts and uh, Kansas City Chiefs game, I watched part of it in between those and off, but, you know, you, you hear all about, and don't get me wrong, Patrick Mahomes is is phenomenal, um, but I, I watched most of that game, and it was just old-timey, old-fashioned football where the, the offensive and defensive line of the Indianapolis Colts dominated that game. <clears throat> I mean, it was, I mean, they could just run the ball at will. It was, it was just unbelievable. And you know, everybody is wants to throw the ball, and I, I'm with them. I like to throw it a lot, you know. But 
those those throws don't always work. I mean, you know, you got the best passers completing sixty or seventy percent, and uh, you know you can get left in a bind. So, you know, you got to be able to run the ball. I know people hate to hear that, but it, it's a proven fact that you know to to win, you got to be able to run the ball and play good defense, and and no matter what league, what uh, level. Anything you play in, the game starts up front in the trenches. Those guys don't get any credit, but they they deserve all the credit because the best running backs in the world couldn't uh, couldn't be anything without the line. And you know, I, I did get to watch a lot of that game. It was just pure domination. And as an ex lineman, I was I was happy to see that. Um, I know the Green Bay Packers beat, beat the Cowboys two weeks in a row. They've went down. I called it both weeks. Uh, Mike Wallace, he, I haven't talked to him. I hope he's doing okay. He might be on the ledge somewhere. Uh, but he, he didn't think they would get beat since he's playing at home. But, you know, the Packers got a guy named Aaron Rodgers that is phenomenal himself. And uh, they, they played a pretty good game. We watched a little bit of it. Um, but, you know, every seems like every year here of late, you know, you're talking about we've got two teams. And I don't know that New England or the 49ers are the best teams in the league. Um, you know, I would have to say that, that New Orleans, especially when they get Drew Brees back, you get uh, uh, Green Bay, they can – find a, a way to stop a few more people. They finally got a running game now, it seems. Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, and, and the Chiefs, they're, they're in a little bit of a bind because Patrick Mahomes got hurt. They lost to a lineman, I think. Um, you know, their defense is not that good. Uh, they solely rely on him. Um, Travis Kelsey didn't play that good. Um, I, I don't know, you know, in the AFC – who, who is better than in New England? But you know, you out of thirty-two teams, you got two teams that are undefeated, and four that haven't won a game. So you got well over seventy-five um, percent of the teams that at least have won a game, and probably I'm gonna say about fifty or sixty percent are, are right around the five hundred range, and. You know, that's, I'd say that figure is getting higher and higher every year, you know. And, and that's the way, in that particular league, I, I firmly believe that it should be that way because they all get the same amount of resources. They all get the same amount of picks. When they're bad, they get these first-rounders. They, I mean, everything's at their disposal. I mean, nothing is off limits for those guys and their teams. And, you know, it ought to be that way. We shouldn't be talking about week five and a team, in the, much less four teams, but one, there shouldn't be a team in that league that hasn't won a game. That's just, for me, it's it's just unbelievable. But, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, they're, they're just, uh, what are they, a little over a quarter of the way through the season. So there's still a lot of football to be played. Uh Anything can happen. We know that. We've seen these injuries. 
week after week. Anything can happen. But uh, as of right now, you know, those two teams are on top because they haven't haven't lost any. College football, <clears throat> we uh, uh, see, I got to watch a little bit of that. I, I firmly believe that, and it hurts me to say this, but I believe that Ohio State right now is, is the best team in college football. Um, I've, I've got to watch them, not that I want to watch them, but they seem to be on the channel if we get here. Um, they they play all phases of the game, and they seem to play it better than anybody else, I think, right now. Um, I, I would have to, as much as I do not like Ohio State, I would have to put them number one. Um, Georgia, I think they're probably three, maybe. I think that I just don't believe they're that good. I think they're pretty good. Um, Tennessee sort of exposed them. Scored on them a couple of times, went after them. Tennessee had a chance to go in with the lead or at least be tied at half. They just made way too many mistakes. Not sure Georgia's as good as, as advertised. Not sure Clemson is as good as advertised. I mean, two weeks ago, North Carolina had them. Uh, Could have went into overtime. Um, I mean, I know it's still a little bit early, but, I mean, these teams ain't playing the best competition, and they're just not really shining. Um, of course, you would think. Um, we still don't know how good Alabama is. Um, who else? Auburn or LSU won. I think they're up there. Um, can't remember Wisconsin. Uh, they they didn't look too bad week before last. They didn't look too good, even though they're undefeated. Penn State. Is coming on those three teams in the Big Ten. I think Wisconsin and Penn State might play this week, or at least they're close. There's there's a lot of a lot of teams that you know I think can can win right now, and and I just I don't know. Every week, you know, it just seems to be the, the same ones up there. Nobody moving around. I I just don't think that. Um, those three SEC teams are are in the top five. That's that's my opinion. I'm, you know, I'm for the SEC, but I, I just think that Ohio State, if they played right now, uh, would beat any of them. And, and I just I, I think that I've watched them play more games than I've got to see anybody play. Uh, then Michigan comes back. They're also in the Big Ten. Maybe they can knock off Ohio State, but, you know, they struggled the other day against uh, the team they played. You know, it wasn't no cakewalk. Um, so there's a, there's a long way to go yet, I know, in, in football, in college, and pros, and, and all that. There's still a long way to go. But, you know, we got to get – got to start separating these teams, and they have to start separating themselves. And I just don't think that, uh, you know, they can um, – they haven't did a really good job of it so far. So maybe maybe in the next, uh, you know, few weeks they start banging around. Uh, Florida, they're still, they're still undefeated. They beat Auburn. They probably call up there some. They uh, – or did Florida may have got beat? I can't remember. 
these teams record. I did watch the end of that game, and, and I do know Florida beat Auburn, so um, they're, they're crawling up there. You know, the SEC is pretty strong. Got several teams probably going to be in the top ten, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they are that good. Maybe everybody else just is not that good. Uh, moving on to women's football, we're definitely looking forward to the opportunity uh, to play at uh, Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, home of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we will be playing a team from the USWFL called the River City Steam. They're out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. A new organization should have a lot of veteran, veteran players on the team. Uh, look for them to be really good, um, really well coached. I know the defense coordinator uh, is a really good coach. Uh, so I, I don't know the rest of them, but I'd say that's going to be a hard-fought game. With, looking forward for the opportunity uh, for his team and our team and, and all of our new girls as well. Uh, we've been having some uh, tryouts. Workouts and we actually uh, padded up and got a little bit of action in this past weekend just to get all these new girls a little action and see how what football is really all about. And, uh, we're we're excited about a lot of these new girls. Never played, but you know you got to start somewhere. Every year, a lot of teams are always adding players. That's how you grow your team. That's how you get better. Uh, learn them, learn them the way you want them to play from the get go. We've got some uh, players returning after taking a couple of years off for various reasons or, or whatnot. So we're we're really looking forward for uh, for a good opportunity uh, to go down there and and uh, put women's football out there to be uh, seen and put a couple of really good good teams out there and uh, we, uh, we're excited about the opportunity, excited about seeing the Titans and the Chiefs play. Uh, like I said, that Patrick Mahomes, that guy's phenomenal. He got his ankle hurt the other night and couldn't move around as well and uh, lost his mobility, which is a big part of his game, but that, that guy's phenomenal. Definitely looking forward to, to being down there. Um, you know, I'm sure when Miss Lynn Marie comes on here, we'll talk about a lot of stuff, uh, about a lot of these teams and, and the things they're doing and some of the, the leagues and, um, you know, already hearing some bad things about new people and new leagues and already the, the BS. I mean, it's the part of women's football that I'm not a fan of, but. You know, it, this seems like anybody will tell anybody anything to get their teams and, and stuff. And I'm just not a fan of that, but I, I knew it was coming. I knew it would be that way, and uh, it, it sure enough was. It didn't take long to, to start. So, um, well, I'm sure me and her will get into a lot of that. She's, she's a real uh, straightforward kind of person like me and uh, just says what she thinks and Leaves it all out there on the line. You don't have to read between the lines, and uh, I like it. Um, you know, she's she's the 
what's amazing is that these teams have been talking all this crap about us and uh, this, that, and other, the WFA teams, and, and she owns a team in the WFA, and, you know, she don't see it that way. She don't see, you know, the, all this crap and the, uh, the BS they talk and all that. She don't see it like they see it. But, you know, it's, a, it's sad because, you know, me and her have talked before, and I've said it a million times, we're, we're all going to either rise to the occasion together or we're all going to sink together. And with crap like that going on, we're just going to sink that much faster, you know. Um, I'm not sure, uh, you know, why these people think they have to do this or or whatever, but, you know, it's, it's a shame uh, because, you know, we're, we're putting women's football on display not just one or, or two teams or, or anything like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And like I said, I'm I'm hoping to, to get the call that they, you know, are interested in finding a neutral site for us to meet and play. That's, that's what I'm really hoping. You know, we, we can use, the, use some workouts after we get through that. Now, we need some scrimmage games anyway, so. That would be great. They can, uh, you know, step up and they'll say and put your money where your mouth is. You know, step up and, and uh, rise to the occasion. So maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Uh, uh, we, we can always hope. Uh, shouldn't be about time for Miss Brandy to call in. I'm not sure uh, she's made it yet or not, but uh, she's supposed to around 915. Uh Anybody got any questions or anything they want to send us tonight to answer or any other night for that matter? It don't matter when. You can call in at 657-383-1020. You know, I I always love answering questions. Everybody um, sees things through different eyes than me. You know, a lot of people are confused about a lot of things and, uh, you know, wish, wish they could ask you and so I like I like it when they when they do send this stuff to us because that's, that's how you get to know things and uh, I can always give you, give you an honest opinion about it anyway. That's that's about you know best thing I can do is just answer it honestly and you know go from there and, and see what happens. So uh, if you got any of those questions six five seven three eight three. One oh two for those uh going to that Titan game, if you uh Titans and Chiefs game, if you don't have a ticket, you you might just be left out. Uh these tickets last year between us and the team we played, we sold about six hundred. They'd let us have all we could have to sell and this year they they made it two fifty between the two teams. So uh, if, you're, if you're going and you ain't got a ticket, well, you might not be going, you know. So you might just be watching it from home. And I hope that, you know, it's uh, no teams or players or any of the organizations or nothing like that because it's, uh, from what I hear, it's going to be a sellout. And, you know, I know the Titans have lost a couple games. Keith losing. Um, 
it's not been about probably a month away for that game, a little over a month. And, uh, you know, these teams get back on back on track, and there's a good, good possibility uh, that they can both be. I know that's probably, what, week 10 maybe. Uh, they can really be, you know, playing for a lot more than just a, just a win. So um, you, you never know. I mean, there's there's lots of things can happen. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, sure hope everybody gets to, gets to make it and gets to watch the games and, and the winning games after that. Uh, so it be a great experience. Uh, nicest field I've ever been on. I've been on a lot of fields. That's definitely the nicest one I ever I ever stepped on, and uh, nice place to play. It should be by the end of the weather. It's finally cooled off here in northeast Tennessee. It should be really good by then. So, um, hoping hoping it, that it will be. Uh, so, while it's finally turned cool here, uh, Miss Jennifer and, and uh, one of our other players and her family, Jessica Tweed, they took off to the beach for a few days and. Uh, then it, it get over, and I think it's finally quit raining and and been pretty nice over there. But man, it's sure enough been hot here. It felt like you know we've been on the beach for months and months and months. So uh, hope they're having a good time over there and uh, laying on the beach and uh, living it up while we're all here working. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I hope they are having a good time. You know, Jennifer loves the beach, and I'm not a big fan of it. And she was going this weekend anyway. She's been really working hard, and she was going with her family for while they're on fall break for a few days. And Cleve wanted to ask her to go, so she just added a few extra days in there. So I hope they're having a good time. Uh, Looking forward to hearing about all the things they run into. You know how the uh, the beach is. You never you never know what you might find over there uh, with all the shells and the sharks and the, uh, what is the dolphins and the jellyfish. I mean, it's just no telling. But uh, I hope they're having a good time. So you know, I was talking about these these young girls. I was talking to uh, Miss BJ before the show, and she was talking about somebody and. Out that part of the country having um, flag football for these young girls, and you know, I I just I just wish that you know around here we could we could get help from from some from some of these uh, boys or girls clubs. I guess at least some of the schools or anything where we could you know get these girls started at a at a young age of you know just just playing football. I know we got a young girl on our team uh, in high school, and uh, she she loves. It, but I mean, she you know she came to me last week and was just saying, you know, I I just don't know much of, about football, and you know it, it's sad. I know Jennifer come home telling me a story the other day about a girl that rides her bus that you know wants to play, and she's like ten years old and. And they want to, you know, let her play. Um, it, 
I mean, I, it, it's hard. It's hard to uh, get them educated from, you know, by the time. I mean, this girl, whether she gets to play a lot this year or not, I hope she does. Uh, we can, you know, keep her coming to practice. She's been at every tryout workout so far, and I can see a lot of progress in her already. I'm really proud of the way she's coming along for, you know, for not knowing anything. You know, never played sports, I don't think, before. And, you know, to finally find something that, you know, that she loves, that she feels like she fits in, it, it's great. And just, just think if we could, you know, have something, even if it is this flag football for these young girls to at least get them started in in somewhat knowing the game. You know, that that's just that's that's just a big part of it, you know. I mean, we've got girls playing on the team this year that, that are older than, than the girl in high school that don't know anything about football. And, I mean, that's every team. It's not just our team. That's every team. And, you know, it's it's a challenge to get these girls ready to play. I mean, it, it really is a challenge, you know. So I wish, I wish we could uh, figure out a way. I, I mean, I know we have a full plate here with, with everything we have going on. It's it's tough. But uh, you know, it would really it would really help in the long run, uh, you know, for especially like this young girl rides Jennifer's bus, you know, that wants to wants to play. At least if she had somewhere to play, even if it wasn't tackle, she could learn um to play you know, to play the game, know what the positions are, you know, know know what downs are, know what some of the plays are. You know, just learn about football in general. You'd be surprised how much that would, you know, just really help her out if she gets to play, you know, later on in her uh, her life. I don't know. I mean, she might, you know, decide once, uh, once she gets older she don't want to play. But if she continues to want to, and you know she she can be more educated, be well more well rounded, and ready to play. Uh, I know you know some some of these smaller high schools uh, girls actually you know do play on and um, you know play with the boys and that kind of stuff and it it you know it creates a, a small problem but not that big a, not that big a deal. You know they they started this powder puff. And, uh, well, like where we play our home games, so over in the East, the principal told me they started this powder puff, and then, you know, it got too rough. And, and, and I told him, well, you know, we just need to, uh, you know, get together and, and just turn it into, you know, even if we don't get but a few schools and, and play two or three games or something. You know, we, they already got the equipment from the guys. They play different times of the year. Uh, you know, suit them up and, you know, let them practice, learn about the game, get some experience in them. I mean, why not? Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. People don't realize how tough it is. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to help you. Nobody wants to go on a limb to, to do it. And uh, we, we, we definitely like to say we, we do everything we can. We, we got a full plate 
going on here and it's you know to, to think that we can just work and, and do most of what we do is just way too much for me. I can, I say that though. I know Jennifer does a lot more stuff with this team than me, and you know, and other stuff that's well with the league and all that work uh, over to school and drives that bus. So you know, I just wish that you know there was somebody out there, especially around here, or any part of the country that would help win football would be great. But, you know, around here that uh, you know somebody that, that has the resources would step up and take the initiative to try to set set and so it becomes a, a priority. I don't I don't foresee it happening, you know, it's like we have a good team and you know, you you barely can get people to come watch and uh so the knees they're they're not any good at all and they, they feel the stains. You know. It's it's crazy the way things work, but you know, that's that's just the way it is. That's the way things happen, and uh, it's not always uh, sweet, and it's not always the, the best, but, you know, that's just the way way things happen. So, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe someday it'll get back to, you know, where we'd like to see it. That, that's, that's for me. I know it has grown a lot. Don't get me wrong. Women's football has grown a lot, but um, we'll we'll see if it can ever get the you know the levels that we'd we'd like to see. It. It's going to take a lot of people joining and bonding together to to make that happen. Uh, so, how about Miss B. J. Is anybody send us any questions while we're waiting on these towers? Let's see here if anybody's. Anything. I was waiting on them. So I hope they didn't forget to call in and announce it. I had some people I could have had call in if they didn't, uh, if they couldn't have. So, um, but uh, it's about 9.30, I think. So maybe Miss Ellie's going to be, be calling us. And I know she'll have lots to talk about. Um, she she knows it. She does a show, I think, on Thursday maybe, um, talking about uh, ways to make women's football better for your team financially and and that kind of stuff. Um, she's uh, uh, really smart. And I think she's on right now. How, how about it, Miss Emery? You there? I'm here. How you doing, Coach? Hey, I'm doing good. How about you? Good, good. I just uh, just got back from Dallas about an hour ago, so we're just running, running across oh, yeah? the country well, back and forth. <laughs> that's, a, that's the life of women's football, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> well, uh, what, did y'all have a practice tonight? No, no. So we actually we had a tryout um, on Saturday. And we came back, and then we found out that we had to be at court today. Um, and so we went to court um, there in, in Dallas, or in, I guess, McKinney, Allen, Texas. Uh, so we went to court today and then uh, drove back. So 
We've been to Dallas twice in the last 48 hours, 72 hours. Oh, well, that's good. Y'all, uh, y'all just keep the roads hot, then. you almost like me. Get to drive a yep. bunch. <laughs> that's right. Well, <laughs> well, how's the how's the tryout going? How's the how's y'all's team looking this year? Well, so far, so far things are going good, and um, we so this was the second tryout that we held, and once we um, determine who we're gonna call to make the team, we should be sitting about fifty-two ish um, after this week. And then we are actually going to hold one more tryout, maybe two more, depending on um, the outlook. You know, everybody, we, we talk about it every year that you lose probably 20 to 30% of the girls before that first game in April, whether it's due to financial situation or work schedule or they get to hitting and they figure out this is not what they want to do. So uh, we try to make sure that we start off on the best foot possible. Um, to move forward in the in the season with as many players to start, so that's what's happening over here. What you doing? Uh, just just about the same thing. Uh, we actually had a tryout and uh, worked out. We're actually a little ahead of y'all because we got that game in November at Titan Stadium, so we're trying to get ready to to play that. Uh, Mm-hmm. But we've actually had four tryouts, and uh, so we we actually padded up a little bit this weekend and went about 50% just to let some of these girls, uh, you know, see what see what it's about. We, just like you said, we had one to pass out, realized it wasn't for her real quick, you know, and you have that every year. It's, it's sad, you know, but you have that. So we're just trying to... Um, Get ready for that. That's that's about it. So uh, can't wait for the opportunity, you know, to to play down there. It's a great great venue. Uh, the WFA actually has four teams uh, going to play. They don't they don't get to play as long as us, but they got four teams going to play, and uh, they certainly run off the mouth plenty. So we'll see if they can back it up. <laughs> You're so funny. The um, yeah, no, we uh, it, it's it's been a, an interesting situation in women's football these past few months, and um, you know, I I actually driving all the way down to Dallas again. I got some time to get on to YouTube and social media, and really, um, you know, there's a lot of leagues popping up and a lot of new things, new you know, different teams and. And, you know, we don't know until things start to get rolling whether it's for sure or not. I know that there's the WTFL. Um, there's some posts about them. And then there's the the WFNL with uh, Lupe Rose the, with the beverage company. I saw that. And uh, I'm just not sure. I'm, I'm it, It's unfortunate because we kind of have to wait until all the – everything falls, you know, all the pieces fall and see what ends up really being true. So um, I'm curious to see what happens this year in women's football. Yeah, well, me, me too. And I actually, um, you know, we, 
a lot of the teams that we had here, and most all but one that left and went to the WTFL, TFL, whatever it is, uh, they all forfeited games, didn't even play all their games. So, you know, um, I know you hate to lose teams, but listen, there's one thing that makes me the maddest, and that's forfeiting games. Uh, you know, just just because you can, or just because you don't want to go play somebody. And and I don't like that, but but I know this, that, you know, people people will say anything, and, and it's not just in women's football. I mean, it's everywhere you go. It's the nature. It seems like the nature of people. They'll say anything to get your money or sell your vehicle or get your business or what. And then once they get your money, it's like, well, piss on you, you know. And <laughs> I'm just going to say this. There's been teams that I know of that are already done, heard, and seen two different things from from some of these leagues, you know. So it's hard for them to, for, to just do what they say. Well, yeah, no, it's it's you're you're absolutely right. Um, talking about um, you know forfeit that I mean it's a really uh, it's a really complicated thing. I mean it seems very simple, but um, either either you need to not have the team to begin with. I one of the things that I hate about forfeits is when they have a you, you play the first quarter. You know, you have the team come. They play the first quarter and then they forfeit the rest of the game or cancel the rest of the game. Um, that's almost worse than just not having the team or forfeiting ahead of time because all those people that came to watch the game and paid for their tickets, they're expecting a full four-quarter game. And they get one quarter. They don't want to come back next week and watch you play a different team because they feel like they've been gypped this first time. So. Forfeits need to be, you know, everybody in women's football needs to do their best to eliminate forfeits as much as possible. I think that's across the board. Um, with respect to, you know, teams not making or teams flipping and flopping, you know, we've talked about that a lot. It's, it does no good for women's football for a team to split and change names um, you know, it, it talk, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, well, it expands women's football. No, it doesn't. It, it makes two 25-man teams instead of one 50-man team. Um, so it doesn't help women's football. It just separates the, the teams even more. And, you know, we've, you and I have talked about it several times, but I still have a dream or I still have a goal of having one ultimate league someday you know, I don't know if it's going to be two years. I don't know if it's going to be 10 years, but ultimately I hope it happens. I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime. So, um, but it would be, it would be awesome to see one ultimate league um, moving forward. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, you know, the when you talk about these teams, Split and what what you have usually, and is and I've seen it, you've seen it, is you get these things that you know some of them can't get along, and then like you say, you take a fifty team and you make two twenty five, and and listen, we have a lot of twenty five and under teams here, and I know 
all too well about what happens is, but when you split those big pins into two, then you usually got one pretty good one, and all the players that either didn't get to play or mad formed that other 25 team. Well, basically, they never got to play or anything because they never practiced or nothing to begin with, and then it's not that important to them. And then before long, they don't even have a team. And there's some of these players that, are, you know, are, are forming these teams, forfeiting all these games. And and listen, just exactly what you said a little bit ago about forfeiting, um, you know, it's way too easy, way too easy to go in there and, you know, and, and the big thing in women's football is all this crap talking. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You talk all this crap, then you go in there and get the far beat out of you for a half, and then it's just easy to quit. You know, well, mm-hmm. you can blame it on Andrew, you can blame it on this. Hey, listen, stay in there. You, 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 you're supposed to play the game, and you signed up to play the game, get the crap beat out of you, learn from it. Trust me, we got the crap beat out of us before like a dog. And you know what? Mm-hmm. We only finished the game with 10 players. 10 players mm-hmm. all we had, like, from the second quarter on. And we got the dog crap beat out of us. We stayed and played mm-hmm. the game without a running clock. And you know what? We got better from it. It would have been easy mm-hmm. to throw in the towel right. because everybody says, well, man, they should have quit. No, you shouldn't quit. You know, you, right. you're supposed to play. And, you know, like you said, we've had – We've had teams come and quit after a quarter, two quarters, three quarters. Uh, you know, even teams around the league, they show up and only play a quarter or two. Or, I mean, it's, it just does us no good, and you're exactly right. And it doesn't matter if it's in the USWFL, if it's in the WFA, uh, WSFL. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter right. where or who it is. When that happens, it affects us all. That's yeah. that's what's hurting women's football, and there's only a few. And I and I and I listen. I don't know how many teams y'all got, but there's not. I ain't, there's not a bunch of elite teams that really take it personal and serious and all that all across women's football to think the way we're talking. Mm-hmm. Right. No. And I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And kind of to go back on to your, we had a, a very similar situation last year with, uh, I believe it was when we went to Houston energy. I mean, the, at the, by the time we went to Houston energy, um, it didn't have any playoff uh, implications for us, but they were hosting a game. We needed to go, um, you know, their fans are expecting a game. And we're going to play all four quarters, even though um, it was rough. You know, everybody saw the score. It was like a million to zip or whatever, a million to six, something like that. But, um, you know, I understand that blowouts are bad, but it would have been worse for people, you know, for us not to show up or to play a quarter and leave. Um, So, you know, I think that the teams need to do their best. Um, I think that this year, especially, a lot of teams are realizing, oh, wow, this is some real, real stuff. I mean, we, we can't just have two tryouts. We're going to have to have four. We might have to have six. Um, I think that that's really catching on really well uh, throughout all the teams. Um, you know, we talk about teams leaving and going to other leagues and, and that kind of thing. And I understand, and 
I appreciate the idea that there are multiple leagues. I mean, you and I, you know, I can get along with anybody. I got to say, I, I understand your business model. You guys have teams that are more locally. And we talked about it a a couple weeks ago when we talked that, you know, you're open and honest with somebody coming, trying to come to your league and say, Hey, you know, all of our teams are kind of Midwest. And I have to be honest with you, it's going to be hard for us to get to Georgia or it's going to be hard to get up to West Virginia or, you know, Maine or something. So I appreciate your honesty in saying, you know, this might not work for you as far as travel. Your travel would be outrageous. Um, I love that there's some leagues out there that are just that transparent that they can say, you know, look, it's not, it's not in your best interest to do this. And, um, so I appreciate that coming from you. Um, I also feel that there are some teams in women's football that year after year after year have proven that they can't make it. Those teams probably need to, you know, sit down and say, okay, let's think about this. Um, but I'm also not for shutting out those teams that have, uh, maybe not made it in the past and, and lifting them up as opposed to pushing them out. So um, I may have a different view than some of the other people in the different, in the different leagues, but um, you know, if it's, if there's a team that is, you know, willing to put the time in, willing to put the effort in, but just things aren't going the way that they have, you know, they just haven't gone well for the past two, three, four years. Why not teach them the skills and teach them, what works best and help them be successful rather than pushing them down. Um, that's, that's just kind of how I feel mm-hmm. about the, not every, yeah. not every team is going to be a super team. Well, you know, the, getting back to that out there, and it's a really good point. Here's the thing, and I look at it just exactly like this. You're successful in what you do. But at some point, if you're not successful with what you do, you have to move on and find something else that you are successful in. And most of these teams keep trying the same stuff the same way with the same people trying to run these organizations. And they have to figure out it's not everybody else around them. You can, you can go to every league there is out here but when the end result is the same, you have to figure out there's one common denominator here. And right. That's where they won't do it. They want to point the finger at me, and they want to point the finger at Lisa, and they want to point the finger at Joe Blow over here, and they did me wrong. They did this, and they did that. When, listen, you sign up, I don't care if it's in the WFA, the USWFL, or the WTFL, you sign up to play your games. That's your responsibility. It has nothing to do with me, with Lisa King, or whoever. It's on you. Right. And when mm-hmm. you don't do that, there's no reason to point the finger at them. It's you point the finger at the person that's in charge. And that's where, that's where these teams are failing. But they only – and there's no way that they would uh, – what I would call bench themselves. You know what I'm saying? And right, no right. way they would do things to get get it right. And and you're right. We keep and there's good players on those teams, and there's a lot of those players that don't want to force it. But you know what? When 
uh, you know, it's like uh, a team in our league last year had more players than we did, more players than we did, and forced it on us. But, oh, just because the ruling, you know, held us right. We had to go play them or we'd have been knocked out of the playoffs. You know, yeah. they wouldn't come here, and we bailed them out of situations. And, you know, it, it's it's just mad that people think that way and do things like that. And it's the same old teams over and over and over again. And, and you know, the problem, uh, you know, that old saying, the, the ball rolls downhill from the top down. And these these people don't realize that they won't fire themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, and my, my thing is, is that, you know, we've, women's football has been, you know, moving along. There's been some, there's been some downs, but things are, are progressing well. So now what can we do to help these teams or make these teams better um, than what they're doing? Um, so that's when I start, you know, that's how, why I've started putting resources out there um, to maybe, lessen the learning curve um, about what needs to be done to be successful in women's football. And I'm not saying, I don't want to say that like I'm being boastful. Um, There are several owners that have been successful in women's football and they are profitable in some way, whether it's financially or, or something every year or else they wouldn't be doing it. Why would you be doing an, an unprofitable business for 20 years, 16 years, 14 years? So there are some things that some benefit that they're getting, whether it's financial benefit or love for the sport benefit, whatever it is, but how do we make all of those profitable and successful? Because these endorsements are not going to come by having 200 people in the stands, 300 people in the stands. They want to see thousands of people in the stands. But everybody does, right? The players want more fans. The owners want more fans. The league wants more fans. So um, I think that we need to start, I, I, I guess, shifting the, shifting the goal um, to building these teams up and giving them – more resources and more ideas. I, you know, I've tried to um, talk to different teams and I'm always willing to offer different fundraiser ideas. Um, What worked, what, what I always get is, Oh, that didn't work for us. Or, Oh, that did work for us. My thing is, is I want to do, I want to be more profitable with my business with the least amount of effort. Um, and what I think happens when you have 15 and 20 players is that you start to have to do more fundraisers. I actually, I actually did this calculation the other day. Um, you know, I did, I did a basic budget for a, a new team coming in, and it averages about 700 to 750 dollars per player. That's the expense for each player. That includes the training facilities that we go to and the workouts and the um, travel expenses and all that kind of stuff. So it's about $750 per player. But if you only have 20 players, it's more difficult to raise that 750 per player. Whereas if you have 60 or 70 players, let's say 50 players, um, 
it's easier to raise the 750 because the um, sponsors and the community around sees more in the community from those teams. Um, so they see a bigger benefit. Um, a lot of players and a lot of, you know, a lot of the teams are like trying to do it on a shoestring budget, maybe 250 per player. And then they're wondering why they can't afford to travel because they've been budgeting for 250 a player when they really need to be budgeting for 700 a player. Um, so there's, I think there's several things that need to change still, but I think we're getting, we're getting in the right direction. Um, I think that we need to start looking at making the teams self-sustainable, which means um, not relying on the sponsorships because they're not coming as much as we would want them to. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, it makes, it makes total sense to me. Now, to some people it might not, but, you know, yeah, exactly right about um, the raising it for 50 players because, listen, here, here's a scenario. I know lots of people in different states around that that have lots and lots and lots of money. Um, and, and all these guys that have all this money, you know, they have to spend certain amounts for you know, you're 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 in the lawyer. You know, you know. I know you're not. A, you might be a tax person. But you know the loopholes and all that. But here, here, you you hit the nail on the head when everybody says, "Coach, why don't you? You know, you can really help us out. You get your guy over here." Well, here, here's here's the problem, and I'm gonna tell you. Here, here's exactly what you run into is you couldn't have said it more perfectly because. I tell him, okay, hey, Joe, you know, here's what I got to offer, man. And we had a good football team. I ain't going to lie to you. We, we're going to have a good football team this year. But the bottom line is two home games, one team quit at the beginning of the third quarter, and one team didn't even show up. Now, how how can I tell this guy that product when I've only got 20 players, ain't even dressed in 20, and then I can't even I can't even call him to say, hey, come watch this game because I'm scared to death that these guys ain't even going to show up. Right. That's, yeah. How that's do you where ask we're him for at. 5, yeah. How do you ask him for $5,000 when you can't say, oh, I don't know how many people are going to be there? Um, so, yeah, it, it's difficult. It's it's difficult to go out there and get those. The other, the other part of that component, yes, as a, as a team, you have things to offer. Um, but nobody wants to sponsor me. No, nobody's sponsoring me. They're not coming to watch me play football. So on the, on the other side of that coin is the, a lot of these people will, are willing to sponsor the player they want, you know, they have some connection to the player. And so if if they were to get $500 sponsors as opposed to one $500 sponsor, it all spends the same. So maybe we need to look at it a little different. Rather than going after these $5,000, $10,000 sponsors, let's look at the $100 sponsors, the $250 sponsors, because – Players can probably get more of those than nobody wants to sponsor me. Nobody wants to give me five thousand um, dollars 
um, if I, you know, have 17 players and I'm not sure if something's going to happen, you know, if we're going to have a game this week. So um, I think there's several different things that we could change and possibly um, get more and more teams um, becoming profitable um, this year for sure. Um, Let me ask you this. This is what your goal is for well, my goal my goal is to see if we can get more and more teams to be financially profitable this year. Um, my guess would be that maybe 10%, 15% of the teams in women's football are actually showing a profit. And it would be awesome to get that into the 50% range um, by the, you know, by the end of this year. What what was the question you wanted to ask me? How many how many um, I don't know how many players you got. You don't have to say, but let's say you have 50. How many, if you, if you had 50 players, how many of those 50 are, would you say are serious about going out and and raising this this money? Uh, I mean, I don't know what y'all charge me. You don't have to say it's none of my business or, or anybody else's for that matter, but but, you know, let's say this. How many? I'll, I'll put it this way. If you had 50 players, and I know a guy, and I said, hey, Lynn, Maria, I, I, this guy will give you $50,000. I mean, but here's the deal. You're going to have to get you're gonna have to have get your girls to go by, do some promotions, show up his business, photos, all this kind of stuff. How many, how many would you say – would go to those kind of things on a regular basis. Well, I, you know, those are several different questions and I don't mind answering them all. The, um, the, the full question that you answered is if they were told or if they were asked to do promotions in lieu of getting that significant amount of sponsorship, I w- I could name off, seven players on my team that will go to anything and everything. Uh, the other 40-ish, 45-ish, may sometime. Um, and that's kind of one of the one of the problems with it. Um, in our team, we offer opportunities for our players to never pay a dime. That, that's our goal is for for all the players to not pay anything. And I tell them this. I say, I don't want your money. I want everybody else's money. So players have an opportunity to go to friends, family, fans, outside, outside businesses, small and large, and get the funds to play football that way. But it goes back to that same number. I probably have between seven and ten every year that don't pay anything, and I have probably three or four of those that make money back. So they they raise more from outside sources than they actually needed to pay for their player fee and stuff. Um, and then the other forty say they want to but don't, and those are the ones that we have to say, okay, guys. You know, we gave you all these opportunities to get it paid for, but now you need to still pay for it because it's still an expense of the team. Um, now, as far as uh, 
player fees and those kind of things. Um, I've seen everybody um, on player fees. I've seen teams that are free. They don't charge a player fee at all. And they um, get donated equipment and stuff like that. But I've seen prices all the way up to about $1,500 um, a person to play. Um, ours are right in the middle. Um, ours end up being a total of about $800, give or take. Um, typically, the way that we put it out there is um, a $500 training fee. And that, because we have to pay for the facilities, whether, whether we have 20 girls at practice tonight or six, we still have to pay for the practice facility. So if you're not going to participate in practice tonight, it still needs to be paid for, right? So we have a $500 training fee, and then we require the players to buy or sell um, 40 tickets. Those can be either uh, season tickets or individual tickets, whatever combination of those. That ends up to be about $200. Um, and then we have them do the mandatory, those, that's a mandatory one. And then we have a mandatory raffle um, that we do every year. And they either need to buy or sell uh, 20 raffle tickets at $5 each. It's $100 a person. So $100 per player. That ends up being about $800 a player. Um, and we have some players that hoop and holler and gawk about that. We have other players that have it paid within the first five days. Um, but again, all of those components can be paid for by other people um, through other things. Now, for example, raffle tickets, if they want to sell more than their 20 raffle tickets, then they can get a percentage of that money back to them and they can use it for gas to practices or whatever, or put it towards um, their player fee, something like that. So um, that's where we're at as far as that. I forget if there was another question you had in there, but um, you're absolutely right. The players don't want to pay but a lot of them don't want to put in the time to go to the promotional things to be able to get the money paid for them. Um, and I say that as a general, like I said, I have about five girls that will go anywhere, especially for $50,000. <laughs> Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I, I just wanted to make sure that I was in the same boat as everybody else because we have a handful that will go, uh, you know, anywhere too. But see, what they don't understand is you can't get 50000 with five or six girls showing up. They, right. When these guys spend, when these guys spend money, they want them all there because the one thing I know about big money people is most of them want people to know they have money and they can say, hey, you look at this ball, this girl's women's football team I sponsor, and here your Dallas Elite show up, and they're 50 strong right there. And the last mm-hmm. thing he wants to do is have all these buddies waiting and five or six players go in there. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, okay. that's one reason the NFL – is I mean, there's lots of reasons, but the NFL is is so successful because, you know, they have certain things, you know, it may be only two dumb questions, but they're required to answer a certain amount of questions. They're required to do 
certain amount of things. And and one thing I want to hit on that, that was earlier you said, that comes from having everybody under one roof, one policy, one thing, however you want to call that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, you know, I think, you know, you hit on something there. Uh, the bottom line is getting all these all these league owners to to go, you know, the same way would be would be tough. I, I you know what I would you know what I would like to see personally is all these league owners meet somewhere in a dang locked room. That's what I'd like to see personally, and sit down and and hash and argue and fight whatever bunch of this stuff out because I think that it could be worked out if you do that. Not on phone, not on text, on emails, all that crap. Anybody say anything that they won't say near as much when they're looking across at you. And there's so mm-hmm. much gets blown out of proportion on a call, on a text, emails and all that. I think if it's ever if it's ever gonna happen, it's gonna have to be we're gonna have to meet somewhere, sit down, have have an open mind be ready to go in there and, and try to do everything for the one thing that that we all do. I tell all my girls every year at tryouts, listen, I don't care what you do. I don't care how you think, this, that, and the other. We don't, we're not going to talk about the, the religions and politics. We're here for one reason, and that's football. And mm-hmm. that's why me and you're having this conversation is we love women's football. And we all have that in common, so there should be some kind of common ground we could come to to, to make this happen for for these teams. The one thing I, I'll say that I don't think it will for a lot of these teams because they're jealous. They're jealous that you might get something that they won't get, but they don't realize you put in way more work than they ever thought about putting in. You know what I'm saying? You, mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. want to reap the rewards, you got to put in the hard work. That's all there is to it. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, there's there's a lot. You talk about jealousy and that kind of thing, and uh, we've talked about it probably a hundred times over the past ten years on the different you know social media platforms, but. You know, some some of the hostility and some of the anger comes from, you know, somebody dated so-and-so and now they're not dating anymore, so they split up and make another team. And so those two teams never, ever, ever want to um, be in the same room together or never want to compromise. Um, sometimes you just need to kind of let the pride and let the um, anger go and um, realize that you're putting so much time and effort into the negative energy that we could be putting so much time and energy into the positive. Um, And I don't, you know, I don't know that everybody will always love each other or agree with each other. Um, I don't feel like in the WNBA or the NFL or the, you know, major league baseball, I, I have a hard time believing that all of those owners love each other and all of those owners agree with everything that the league tells them they have to do. I think that everybody is always going to 
be not happy with them. I voiced my opinion the other day about divisions. Um, you know, if it, if I had it my way, there would be no divisions. That's how it started at the very beginning um, years ago. Um, but I'm in a league that has divisions, so I'm going to abide by those rules, and I'm going to be in the division that I'm supposed to be in, and there's no questions asked. I'm not going to hoop and holler about it. Um, but I don't think that things get ruled, you know, there's people in charge that need to make decisions and they can't make decisions based on what you feel or what you like. They have to make a decision based on the whole league. Um, so, you know, I might think that the, you know, refs called it wrong in Atlanta two years ago and I'm so mad about it, but if it wasn't ruled that way, then you just need to move on. Um, so, you know, I feel like oh, there's a lot of us and I, including myself and everybody else, you know, we need to step down a little bit and be a little bit more flexible um, and maybe uh, take the anger out of it, the deception out of it and see what could happen from there. Cause I think it could be a crazy, amazing thing, but um, I hope we get there sooner rather than later. Well, I'll say this, you're exactly right on the NFL owners, the, WNBA, whatever. All those owners, I promise you, there's some of them that really get along. Some of them can't stand one another. But I'll tell you the one thing they all like, and that's the money they get from all that stuff because they're under one roof. They're under one policy. They all like that money they get from from the TV medias and all this, uh, all this cues uh, and, and gear and stuff endorsements, they all love that so they get along enough to get that. Um, so they're they're going to stay together. You can bet on it. Now, right. that's, that's what's going to hurt us. And, and It's like me and you talked about the, a couple weeks ago when when a, when a league takes and and does uh, you know, a bad thing and, and then their sponsor you know, their sponsors out there, and they're like, oh, my God, you know, here I've been screwed or I've been left holding the bag. That just makes it that much harder for, for you, for me, for whoever owns other teams or leagues to ever get a sponsor. The right. thing is, they don't care about anybody but themselves. That's all they care about is themselves. If if they could get all the money in the world and and didn't want to give you any, they wouldn't give you any. That's that's mm-hmm. what we're up against out here. And that is your team and my team and, and all kinds of other teams. But no matter what, certain amount of people that can, can do the, the right thing for women's football will never do it because they can't see past the end of their nose. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, hopefully that changes. I, I think it can change. I, I think it. I think it will change at some point. I'm just not sure how fast that's going to be. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. For me this year, especially this year, my my focus is really embracing um, the teams. You know, we consider them tier two and tier three, or division two and division three, and just kind of um, helping to answer questions for them. And like I said, getting them past that learning curve 
you know, I we did a lot of fundraisers and we did a lot of things that maybe either lost us money or, you know, we spent five weeks on and we made a hundred bucks. So my goal is to get my information or that information out to them and say, hey, let's let's not focus on this fundraiser. Let's focus on a fundraiser that's going to make you money or let's focus on changing that fundraiser to where it can be a moneymaker for somebody. Um, so my goal this year, again, it was last year as well, but uh, last year I really, really focused on uh, teaching that we need to have more tryouts and you know, if we set out to have three tryouts and we come back with 20 or 30 players, let's have a fourth tryout. Um, let's have a fifth tryout, um, not limiting how many tryouts we have. So I help, I think that that worked well last year, and I'm going to continue with that because you're right, we still have some teams that are struggling with that. So um, I plan to help those struggling teams with that as well while still taking the teams that have mastered that skill and kind of do more intermediate or advanced um, approaches with them to get them to where they're then making money. Um, and I, I hope it works. And when I say that, it's not all my ideas. There's other owners in women's football that have been very successful that either have shared these ideas with me. Um, they've used them and been very successful with, um, and they've given me the authority or the ability to share them with other people. You know, again, a lot of the a lot of the owners are scared to share and to give this knowledge away because they're concerned that next month those players are going to turn against them and screw them and go play in a different league or take their ideas and and share them with other people, and that's a very um, that's a very scary place to be in business if you think that anybody that's in your organization right now could turn against you at any moment. It's hard to have a trusting outlook about the sport. So um, it, that's been difficult for me as well. I, you know, for I go back and forth on, oh, do I really want to share this idea because I'm concerned that somebody's going to use it against me? Um, but there's so many other teams that can benefit from knowing this. Um, and I, I weigh that all the time when I'm putting information out there because I want the teams to have the information but I certainly don't want it to be used against other teams or even my team. So um, we just need to focus on continuing to grow women's football. Um, I feel like we're kind of in a rut right now when it comes to audience, you know, even with, with the splitting of this team and splitting of that team and changing the name of it, it causes confusion in women's football. And we're still having the same two or 300 people at our, football game so why don't we start trying to expand and grow and maybe get a different another 200 different people at our at our game um so that's kind of my approach for this year and i i took this approach because there's just so many things that you can do and you can get kind of scatterbrained if you're trying to do 700 different uh things each year so i've tried to focus on one or two, maybe three or four things each year to help expand and grow women's football. And um, that way I can put my undivided attention into those things. Um, otherwise, you just, you know, you're doing a fundraiser over here and you're going to a sponsorship event here and you're doing a radio thing over here and you're marketing a clinic over here. And it can just be mass chaos um, 
within your organization. You don't know which direction you're going when. So um, I think for our team and then our league as uh, directors of team development is to really get the teams focused on succeeding in one or two skills at a time and then expanding that each year. So I'm excited to see what happens in this coming year. Um, and uh, I wish you all the best as well. I wish all the teams all the best. You know, I, I think that it's important that teams be educated and know who they're doing business with and what, what's happening in women's football. Um, everybody needs to do their due diligence. If you were going to open up a restaurant, you don't, you don't go into opening a restaurant and say, oh, oh, shit, by the way, there's a restaurant two doors down. Um, you do your research first and you figure out who are your competitors and why are they doing it this way. Um, and then you decide to get into women's football. So, um, but for those teams that are already in women's football, let's make the best of what we have and, and see what, where we can go from here. So I'm excited about this year. I think 2020 is going to be crazy. Yeah, I am too. I'm, you know, you're talking about, Spreading, you know, spreading the the word or um, the help or information and that kind of stuff. You know, one one thing um, that that I that drives me crazy in women's football is, you know, a lot of teams have enough players to to work against one another, but even the NFL have with all the players they got, they have these training camps. And, for instance, like, and I'm going to use this because I went, was the Patriots. The England Patriots went to the Tennessee Titans and spent all week down there in joint practices. And then come Sunday night or Saturday night, you know, had an NFL preseason game. That's the good mm-hmm. work, you know, for both teams to help them. There's teams that, that are around us right now that are close to me as as some of the teams that are close to you out there, close to your team in Dallas, and you know they won't do it, man. They're they're scared to death that you know are jealous and and you know a joint practice, you know what I'm saying? A scrimmage that's to your benefit. A controlled scrimmage that's to help everybody out, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the NFL teams they go around and do it all the time. We can't even get teams. Uh, around here to to even agree to do it because of, you know, the jealousy or, uh, you know, or, or you know, and, and they're not any good anyway. All you're going to do is help them uh, by doing mm-hmm. this. So yeah. we we have that all across women's football. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. all across uh, women's football. And yeah. we because we, everybody, for just what you said, is jealous. They're, they're afraid somebody else is going to take their idea. They're afraid somebody else is going to grab something and run. And we've got to be – listen, I, I can't coach everybody's team, nor do I want to. But, you know, going – if if I go somewhere, I can tell you this. If we go somewhere and we're having a scrimmage, I learned a lot of stuff from the other team. You know what I'm saying? It ain't mm-hmm. just my mm-hmm. team I'm learning from. I'm learning from the other team as well. Whether we win right. or we don't, if you keep score, if you don't, you know, is a, is a scrimmage really all about winning? I mean, is it, Mm-mm. you know, do you, 
if you're going to keep score, I want to win, but we're not even keeping score. I'm going to work my team. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that that's where we're at right there. And it really, and and I know it drifts away from the financial part, but it but mm-hmm. it really all ties into the financial part because the product sure. we're putting on the field. That's, that's what it yeah. is. It's the product. It's the final product we're putting on the field. It's like painting a car. You go out here and you paint, put a little bit of paint on it. It looks like it looks like Fido's butt. You know what I mean? You sit yeah. there and you do a lot of work and you put a good paint job on it. it looks good, and that that's sort of well, where yeah. we're at. That's that's why we can't we can't get financial help. Why we can't fill the stand because we have this, and and that, that's the part for me. I'm a hands-on in the you know a, a hands in the dirt working kind of guy. I don't know as much about the financial part, and but I do know that's what's holding us back. Sure. Well, yeah, and and let's we let's go ahead and talk about um, scrimmages. So, and, and I have no problem explaining what we've done in the past and putting it out there because it's beneficial to all the teams anywhere. Um, we've had a, several different scenarios since the Lone Star Mustangs to the Dallas Elite, et cetera. But um, for example, and and I'll tell you also an example of last year when, where it didn't work out. Um, just to kind of give the the full picture, but um, typically in years past, um, our teams in Dallas have met up with almost like a regional thing. So our uh, Austin has come up, and we we've met Austin. One time it was Austin and the Lone Star Mustang, and it was the East Texas SaberCats. This was ten years ago, and we all met in Waco, Texas, at a park. Um, so that it was, you know, good travel for each of each of the teams. And we did a three-way round robin. You get 10 offensive plays. You get 10 de- defensive plays. We rotate it through. Um, we ended up actually having about 100 fans, moms and dads and husbands and everything, kids, uh, at that park, actually, and um, the, the newspaper came out and took pictures of it even. Um, but we were able to, that's another part about organization that I talk about in planning, but um, by setting that up early, we were able to do that. I think it's, we typically did it like the first week in March. And that way, if anybody got injured, we could prep for injuries for the first week of April um, for game time. Um, One year. So then after that was all done, we all kind of had barbecue and, and hung out there at the park. Um, we've even had one year where the Houston, it was the Houston Cyclones, H-Town Cyclones way back in the day, and the our, and the Austin Outlaws and us did it as well. Um, and we're even thinking about bringing the Tulsa team in on it and having it in Dallas. Um, last year we had a big, it wasn't a fiasco, but we tried to set up dates. And because of other fundraising things that people had already put in place, um, a lot of those first weeks in March, um, first, second, and third week in March were booked by some other things. So um, this year we've already started to plan that out for the first or second week of March to have a um, scrimmage and invite some of the teams around. And it's not really to, you know, beat anybody, but to ours mostly is to give those rookies an opportunity to hit 
players other than their teammates because they're gonna they're gonna go soft on you or they don't hit as hard or and then you go to the first game and you're not prepared to go a hundred percent. Um, you're not going to see what that other woman on that other side is really going to do when she comes at you. So that's one of those. And we do it to build kind of a a family, a a team unity that no matter what, you know, even though we're against each other on the football field, we're all trying to grow the sport of women's football. So um, we use that as as several different things. Now I know this year we've talked to the team and – just a caveat, but the Austin team is able to get their field um, real, you know, really good. So we might end up having to, the meeting point in Austin. So I don't know, but we're, if they can, if teams can plan it out early enough last weekend in February, first weekend in March to say, you know, I would say start now calling teams up and saying, do you think we could prepare to do a, a scrimmage? during those times um, and get people to lock in before they set any fundraisers or, you know, something, some teams just say, okay, this is going to be an off week. Everybody take your vacations before we start the football season. Um, But if you have it set up that way, and like I said, we turn it into a little barbecue, you know, everybody brings burgers and hot dogs and chicken or whatever and um, coolers of soda. And and we kind of just hang out and talk afterwards. Um, for a couple hours so it can be a big thing and it can be very beneficial like I said especially to the rookies the, the new people that haven't been in the official football game yet um, well, and you learn me, you know, me and you're talking that, we don't have a whole lot of time left but me and you're talking about okay. that just think of this if if um, if the four teams that are in y'all's league wasn't already talking crap and doing the things they do. We got two teams going. Just think what kind of explosion we could have at this NFL stadium for women's football. You know, that just think of what kind of hair rate you could have. Just think what kind of promotion that all of women's football can be, not just the four teams that they think, the, the, the four teams that are going that think they're so much better than everybody else. See, that's, that's the problem we're, we're having here is, you know, you've you got a big team. You, got, you, you think way different than they did. Their, their, their way of thinking is nowhere near the same as yours. It's, it's about getting exposure for women's football. You know what I'm saying? It's not about I've been told saying, that for well, years. <laughs> it's, it's not about saying the WFA is better than in my league. They're they're bigger than my league, and and teams of my caliber, they're they're no better. Uh, those I promise you, those four teams. Oh, your phone cut out. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I'm just saying those four teams are not better than my team, and I'll prove it at any point in time. But it's mm-hmm. it's about women's football. It's not about the Music City Misfits and Dirty City Dynamites and the Columbus Vanguards and the Knoxville Lightning because it it's about women's football. But, see, everybody wants to make it about them. And that's where we're missing the boat and all that. But, Lynn Marie, I appreciate you coming on here. We're just about out of time. 
uh, anytime you want to come on, you call me, and we'll we'll talk for another hour about women's football. Sounds good, Coach Johnson. You have a good evening. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so you much. Time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, uh, uh, well, I appreciate her coming on. I don't know uh, exactly what happened to Brandy. Uh, she missed a good opportunity to, to get on there and promote her uh, business. But uh, nevertheless, um, uh, glad to have Limery Ellington on. One of the owners of the Dallas Elite, she she's got a, a lot of great ideas and a lot of good things going. So um, it's hard to believe we're already out of time, but uh, appreciate everybody listening and calling in. And maybe next week we can get some of these questions and uh, have somebody else on have some uh, educational for us. Till then, we'll see you then. Appreciate you listening.